I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show, another fantasy football edition. And from the NFL Network, we have Adam Rank today. Adam, thanks for hopping on with us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I, I didn't know. When I came on, Doug, and I saw the background, I know you're a, an FT fan, and Scott looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I'm like, are we talking FT? Because I'll talk FT, but fantasy is good too. But I'm, uh, but but most of all, I'm just excited to be on with the both of you. I'm excited, Scott. We've been trying to do this one for a little bit between the two of us. Uh, you are up there in Washington, and I know you've got the Run the Sim stuff going. Maybe the busiest man in fantasy football land is Scott Simpson. Scott, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Big Doug. Thank you for the invite. This is an honor to be on your show and then to be able to talk to Adam. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. I'm really excited. And uh, thanks for plugging Run the Sims. Uh, I can't wait to win so much money this year. Uh, gambling, fantasy football, and DFS with Run the Sims. My wife doesn't know how much I'm going to win. I'm not going to tell her. Did they, I, I'm sure, who gets the credit for the uh, the best ball? Is that an underdog thing they came up with? Because I know everybody is on to the best ball now. Yeah, you know, who does? Who does get the credit for that? Because it, 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 I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't mean to cut. Not enough to keep me from cutting you off, but I love it. I think it's so great, and I'm going to do one. Uh, I'm doing a draft. I won't plug who it is. They don't need it. They don't need to intrude on this show. But uh, whoever it is is a genius, and I want to. I want to buy them uh, a, a craft beer or a, a soft drink of their choice. Hell yeah! I think it. I think it was draft. Draft.com a couple years ago who was uh, eventually purchased by FanDuel, but then FanDuel didn't use uh, that feature very well. They didn't market it very well. And so I think the creators of draft.com got back together and then they created Underdog to kind of fill the void that was left when FanDuel scooped them up, but didn't really use them effectively. So I, I'm excited to play. Uh, and Adam, I'd love to play wherever you're at, uh, whatever site you're playing, I'd love to play against you and Doug as well. Yeah, let's uh, let's make that happen. Sorry, Doug. Look, look at me stepping over the host as always. I'm so sorry, Doug. No, please, my apologies. There, there are no rules here. We'll just chop it up, and whatever happens, uh, it'll be grand and glorious. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Maybe it was just like a little blip that happened. Nobody does defensive players anymore, do they? I mean, I play. I still have one league where we go DST or uh, IDP. Excuse me. And I, I, I don't know. I like it. And then it's just more guys. It's just more guys you have to worry about on the injury report. I think it comes down to not laziness, but I think that on Sunday, on Sunday morning, and you know, a lot of us play in multiple leagues and it's tough. You know, you want to make sure that you you're up to date with all the injuries. And then when you're doing an IDP league, and your your starting safety is out, and you're like, son of a gun! Like it just is so maddening at times. So it's not it's not a laziness thing, but I I think at at some point you got to kind of like, you know, it's like similar to what's happened during the the pand, which by the way is a phrase I'm trying to get over. So instead of pandemic, we call it the pand. But during the pand, you started to kind of. Um, you know, drawing your friend circle a little closer. Like who who's really necessary? Now who who can be on the outside fringe? It's like a it's like a big it's like a big alliance in Big Brother. 
and you're an eight person alliance. And it's like, at some point, you know, we're going to have to start picking each other off. And I feel like that's the way our friends have been, you know, where you're like, dad, I'm not, I'm not going to see you. Like already you just dropped the list. You're like, you have kids my age? No, gone. Um, no, just no disrespect to them, but like they have different lifestyles. Like they want to go, like, I got to golf, like it, it's six in the morning and I got to play a three and a half hour round and I got to get back before the kids get back from school or whatever, or take them to school or do whatever. So it's no disrespect to them. And then you have friends who are single who are like, let's play at three in the afternoon. I'm going to go get a 12 pack of Michelob Ultra. I'm like, I can't do that. You're insane. You're an insane person. And similarly, there's a point here. It's at some point, Doug, I'm getting to it. Believe me, I'm getting, I'm getting to it. Similarly with your fantasy leagues, you know, you do that, you know, you have your league of record, the one that you probably started with your buddies years ago. Then you have a couple of them. You've got a couple of work leagues and everything like that. And then eventually it just gets watered down and it gets neutered. And I think, you know, and this goes back to our conversation about best ball is that best ball is great. Cause you're like, I'm done. I, I do the ones where you draft and I'm like, I I'll see you in week 18. See how I'll shake your hand then see how it all worked out. But you know, in this, in this, in, but IDP is just one of those formats where I've just been like, you know what? Love you IDP. Like we had a great time. I remember the time that IDP and I went out to, uh, Vegas. We're up at four in the morning at the Fremont bar doing Jaeger bombs with a girl. I'm pretty sure was Trishel from the real world, Las Vegas. But you know what? At some point those days are over and I've moved past it. And I bet that when you ask this innocent question, you didn't expect this random answer, but uh, you know, that's what we get. It was a short lived love affair with IDP. A little bit. It's I nothing but respect. I will. Uh, I still have some of the photos on my camera roll, but you know what? It's time to move on. I'm going to say that I agree with Adam because last year uh, I, I did so many leagues. So many people invited me in to do leagues. I did over 40 leagues and I didn't do them well. Uh, and in one league, I got to the championship in and I forgot to, I didn't know I was in the championship because I had so many leagues and I forgot to actually set my lineup and I would have won the championship, would have won a couple hundred bucks. So like I had to get rid of like 25 of my leagues. I kept one IDP league, just one. Um, uh, because it is, it is like Adam said, it's just, it's a bear. It all is a bear, especially on Sunday morning, uh, for me, where I'm just trying, like Adam said, monitoring all the injuries, trying to get all the offensive players in and out of my regular lineups, my DFS lineups. It's hard to be like, Oh, Mika Parsons isn't going to play this week. I got get, pull him out and put a new linebacker. It's just, it's tricky to do, but I'm not going to hate on it because I'm in one. I'm going to win that one. I got third last year. So. Let's get to some actual stuff on the, uh, well, not the field. I always, I always have trouble switching from talking about ball and then talking fantasy football because the two aren't exactly uh, the same. Every year I convince myself I'm not going to draft a quarterback early. And then I'm, I'm sick, like, selecting like nine. And I'm like, oh, man, what do I do here? And I always take a quarterback. I'm curious where you guys stand on drafting quarterbacks. Because it's funny, on the field, most important position, not necessarily yeah. the same thing with fantasy football. Well, one of the things that has made the quarterback position relevant in fantasy, is, again, is playing in the super flex leagues where you have the ability to flex a quarterback. That'll that'll raise the quarterback's values once again because anybody, it, anybody who tries to get away with the late-round QB strategy is going to probably not win. And it's one of the fun things about the Scott Fishbowl League is that it's the first introduction for a lot of people to super flex leagues. 
And you can tell because they'll be going through and it's the first three or four rounds. They haven't drafted a quarterback. And you're like, oh, brother, like you are not (laughs) you are not going to like your team. And I did that in a dynasty startup. I did the riskiest thing in a dynasty startup with uh, with Kyle Yates this year. And I took Justin Herbert as my first quarterback. And I actually went two rounds without selecting a quarterback. And I took Kyle Pitts because my this was a, a startup. And my feeling was, look, if he ends up being the next Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey, then I've got that position on lock for the next decade. So to me, it was worth it. And then in the third round, I did something stupid, I'm sure. Oh, I took Justin Jefferson, young receiver. Like, of course I'm going to take him. And then in the fourth round, I'm like, I... I just sitting there and I was watching and I'm like, I got to take a quarterback here. And I ended up with Zach Wilson. And I thought, honestly, that's not the worst pick. I'm like, this could be a lot. This is actually be a pick that works out well for me, but it's very risky. But I think in most leagues where you are playing in a 10 to 12 team standardly or redraft league, it is still the best case scenario to let those quarterbacks tumble. I picked Tom Brady in the ninth or 10th round today in a in a redraft league and was very comfortable with that i mean if you look at his statistics after what was it week seven i think over the last maybe it was the last month two months of the season where he had 30 some odd touchdowns he was like second in touchdowns second in passing yards over the last seven games i believe it was he had finally figured out the offense and the one thing that you always notice about bruce arians is that he just loves to throw the football he does not want to run the ball So I ended up getting a pretty good quarterback right there. And still some of the quarterbacks available at that time, I think Tannehill might've still been on the board or or Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, which I know a lot of people are hesitant about, but you still have Trevor Lawrence, uh, one of the two rookies with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I'm like, you're fine. I would wait on a quarterback. I continue to say, I think Lance is going to start for San Francisco day one. I just don't, it feels like he's got experience with RG3 from 2012 and they spent a whole lot of capital. How, how do you look at the position when you've got a guy like Garoppolo there also? I mean, just stay away from both of them or you, you're picking Lance just knowing he's getting on the field sooner than later. Well, I don't know what Scott thinks, but personally, I'm going with Trey Lance. Not, I, I really don't have an issue with Jimmy Garoppolo because honestly, every time that he's healthy and available, He's played pretty well. The problem is his availability. The year that he was healthy and he played, what, 16 games, they went to the Super Bowl. The last couple of years, he's been nicked up. I mean, even in his limited time in New England, he battled some injuries when he took over during Tom Brady's four-game suspension because I believe, uh, I hope I have this correct, is that you know he missed a couple of games and Jacoby Brissett had to start too because he was injured. So I can't trust it. I'm just going with Trey Lance, I'm not picking him as my starter, but I'm picking him as a backup, number one, in case he is the starter at the end of the year. And number two, if you if you look at the 49ers playoff schedule, it's amazing. And I know this stuff changes all the time, but they play the Texans. I think if there's one thing that I can look into the future and see, it's that the matchup against the Texans is going to be pretty well. Like, that's going to be fine. Like, that, that's one I can count on. Like, even, even the Detroit Lions – Let's say something crazy happens with Dan Campbell and that team's actually relevant. Like, okay, like things like that happen. The Texans are the team that I feel the safest about being like, they're probably not going to be very good. So I'd be very comfortable starting Trey Lance if he's the starter. Even over, I'm not going to say over Tom Brady because I made that mistake last year. But 
I still think that Trey Lance is going to be a viable quarterback in the second half of the season. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with Adam on any of these points. Uh, and, and I'm going to double down on his points too and say in Scott Fishbowl, I took Dak Prescott with my first pick and then I took Aaron Rodgers with my second pick. And so I feel like if you're going to play super flex, you need to have, if you're going to punt on quarterback, fine, that's fine. You're punting on it. But if you're going to really try to win with the best quarterbacks, get two of them because you can start two of them. And a lot of these super flex leagues I drafted in during the pandemic, the, the pan D as Adam the was pan saying, D, thank you. I like it. The pan D we're going to bring that into, into existence. Now the pan D um, I have, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen on my team, or I have Tom Brady and Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott, uh, because I was trying to load up. And most of those teams I made the playoffs in just on the back of my two strong quarterbacks, not Dak, you know, obviously got hurt, but um, I think Adam's exactly spot on. And I would say, I normally don't in redraft, Doug, take two quarterbacks. I just grab one, but because of the pandemic and because of what's happening, it's kind of with COVID-19 and the fluidity of player health, I would, definitely grab two quarterbacks this year. And and if you're going to grab Trey Lance, make him that QB two, who you expect by the end, like Adam said, to be your QB one, maybe a la Jalen hurts at the end of the year where he's kind of just, you know, not, not really had a lot of tape on him yet. If he doesn't start, uh, there could be a potential there to kind of catch defenses off guard. So I, I love everything Adam said uh, and uh, put a double stamp from Scott on. You know what, Scott, if I can fire in on that too, I, that was a great point about right. taking a quarterback during an extra quarterback during the pandy because again the availability can be so volatile i mean last year cam newton was playing so well and anybody who drafted him was probably laughing like oh my god this is amazing and then he gets covid he's out and you know it's tough to stream that was week three week three or week four and you had to really scramble because a lot of you know that you're not you're not in that mindset yet of like i've got to stream my quarterback you don't want to do it that early in the year thankfully i mean a lot of us got lucky because that led us to justin herbert but at the same time it is really a tricky business and i think that it's best to go out and take a second quarterback this year take a second tight end as well mm. i know that that's one that people don't love doing they don't want to take that second tight end i'm grabbing second tight ends where possible i've been doing a lot of Jonu smith and evan ingram because evan ingram's been falling in drafts I also like Kyle Rudolph in that New York Giants situation too. I don't know. Something, something's got to give in New York. But I really love the idea of taking a second quarterback and a second tight end, and I'm trying to get people on board with that this year as well, Scott. So that, yeah, that's a great point. Scott, it seemed like for a long time everybody talked about handcuffs. And this year I think the, the word of the day is stacking. Uh, Adam, you brought up uh, New England. That might actually be a good three-person stack there, right? If the quarterback plays much better this year. And I'll also just curious some of the other stacks that you like this year. Yeah, the stacks. I always love the stacks. And I've been going through waiting on a quarterback, which is what I love to do, and then letting the, the, uh, the receivers that I get kind of dictate the quarterback that I'm going to end up streaming or end up trying to stack at some point this season. And, you know, usually it falls into the range of it's difficult because I've been getting a lot of Keenan Allen. So it's like, it's impossible unless you're willing to jump in on Justin Herbert very early, it's going to be difficult to, to pull that stack off. But if you're drafting somebody like Robert Woods, Cooper cup, Jamar chase with 
you know, Joe Burrow. I know a lot of people are nervous about Joe Burrow. I will say this about Joe Burrow, though, for anybody who's been really nervous about it. A couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was even, I think it was as recently as last week, everybody was fading Saquon Barkley. Like he couldn't play football anymore. They're like, oh my God, like don't want anything to do with Saquon Barkley. And then on Monday the 9th, apparently he's off the pup list already. So I, I, I caution anybody to, to not overreact to news similar to that, but I will go in and let my, my receivers, and it's usually not going to be one of my top receivers. I know like if I have uh, Allen Robinson and I missed out on Justin Fields today and ended up taking Trey Lance, but yeah, I had Allen Robinson. So of course the second quarterback that I took was Justin Fields. If I get Elijah Moore, you know, the second quarterback that I'm going to take is going to be uh, Zach Wilson. So I really just let the, the board kind of dictate if it's possible to get that late round quarterback. If I get A.J. Brown, I'm definitely probably going to spend on Ryan Tannehill, things like that. So those those are the most obtainable to me. I mean, anybody would love to have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And I will tell you right now, buy in on that once again. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to have another fantastic statistical season. Buy in on all of that. But uh, those are my three. So Stafford, Stafford with his one of his receivers, Burrow with one of his receivers, and Tannehill with A.J. Brown, if it's possible. Uh, I like knocking that out. I love that. I love being able to stack your either your second quarterback or your second wide receiver. Um, it's like a sneaky little stack, and it's it's a – not like best ball thinking, but it, it is, you know, the kind of DFS best ball mindset of upside. You're trying to maximize upside uh, in certain weeks and match up your players. And uh, you mentioned Zach Wilson, rookie, of course, but Elijah Moore, rookie as well, uh, has been making waves in camp. And he's somebody who uh, I'm targeting. I think I drafted him on all of my dynasty teams. And so I really love Elijah Moore. Uh, I don't know if I'll be stacking him uh, primarily in redraft with Zach Wilson. There might be better quarterbacks available, but um, in, in DFS and in best ball, those guys are great plays uh, if you can get them. Is Austin Eckler just a name recognition problem? He's really high on boards, and I just never even seem to think about it when it comes to drafting. What, what, what is it with him, do you think? Well, he averaged in the games when he was healthy, he averaged close to, I think it was 93 scrimmage yards per game. And if you take away week four, the week that he got hurt, it's over 100. And I think that's what the people are really looking at. Obviously, Keenan Allen's going to be their top targeted player, as he should be. And after that, it comes down to Austin Eckler. You know, they got rid of Hunter Henry. I'm not a big believer that Jared Cook is going to go out there and, and all of a sudden become this superstar tight end. I think he's a very viable player for, for some matchups. And really, you look at the number two wide receiver for, for the LA Chargers, I know people want to go into the, the Mike Williams. I like uh, Taylor, I think is the guy. JJ Was it JJ Taylor? No, that's that's New England. Um, that's New England's running back. But uh, there's another, was it Johnson? Gosh, dang it. Sorry, it's his name escapes me. Tyler, but, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, that's the guy. Tyler Johnson. Who's a, a player, like a best ball player that I love. And um, yeah, I really, I to me, Austin Eckler is like their number two pass catching weapon in addition to being a solid runner obviously the the biggest question is going to be his availability and i did again not to go back to a mock draft that i did today but i took i think it was aaron i know it, it was aaron jones and then the second one i was expecting austin eckler 
to fall to me. The guy who actually fell was Jonathan Taylor, where you're like, okay, weirdos, I'll take him. And um, and that worked out great. So yeah, Eckler is is good, but it the the injury concerns are there, but I still think that that's with every running back. So I I think that when you're looking at a share of the offense, there aren't going to be a lot who are going to get more than Austin Eckler. So I think that he's kind of a safe pick at the end of the first round. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with Adam. And you look at what Joe Lombardi was able to do with uh, Alvin Kamara, and he didn't he didn't make Kamara into who he is. You know, I mean, he's an amazing athlete, but he showcased him and gave him an opportunity. And sure, Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball downfield very far, and so there was a, a more designed around the, the line of scrimmage and, and you know, maybe 10, 15 yards beyond. But I still think that Lombardi coming over really does benefit Eckler. And, and Adam, I love him. I actually have him as my fifth-ranked running back in, in – our league so um i had a zeke i had a nick chubb i had a jonathan taylor you know all those guys uh i just there's there's a lot like you said there's a focal point in the offense it's keenan allen and then after that it's austin eckler uh, mike williams i don't know if he can be trusted necessarily with his injury history mike williams is great he plays like balls to the wall every yeah. single kind of like kittle does he goes up for balls he just does whatever he can but he has there's attrition on him he gets hurt you know he does it happens so um we'll see if he can be healthy but i love eckler and uh, I'm drafting him at the end of the, the first round every time. And if I can get him with like Nick Chubb or Najee Harris or Antonio Gibson, I feel like I've got a real strong stack of running backs to, to kind of start my draft. You brought up Nick Chubb, and I'm curious what the numbers show. Like for a guy like that that has a number two running back in Kareem Hunt that they use, how, how does it affect the, the, the shares and the usage? And does that, should that be scaring you off a guy like Chubb? I mean, I'm not scared of Chubb right now because last year he only had like 180 carries uh, and, and he was injured, you know, but I think if he gets closer to 250 carries, he's not going to see a lot of passing work. But if he's got that above five, 5.5, 5.6 yards per average, he's going to be chewing up the yards. And I also think that the 11 touchdowns that Kareem Hunt had last year, uh, some of them passing, some of them at the goal line, there's going to be some regression for some of those touchdowns, maybe not the passing ones, but maybe some of the rushing ones. And so I think Nick Chubb can also increase his, his touchdown equity this year. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to be ahead of, of you know, Zeke and all those other people, but as, as an RB 10 or, or 11, I'll take him. I really like his, his week to week upside. And if you can go get hunt later, if you're worried about it, you can get hunt in the eighth round and you want to stack that. That's the worst thing you could do. Uh, if one of them gets hurt, you got a, a, the number one running back maybe in the NFL. So we'll see. Especially on a team that likes to run the ball as much as they do in Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski has built an offense around the the solid offensive line, which Pro Football Focus ranked as number one coming into the season. That's what they want to do. And that's why it hurts guys like, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., where him and Jarvis Landry are great players, but they're just not going to go out there and put up the fantasy production that you want them to, which is fine. You know, sometimes you got to seed the real football and just allow it to play the way that it does. And if that defense is good, and it looks like it's going to be pretty good. You know, they brought in Jadavian Clowney to pair with with uh, Bradley, Bradley with, um, geez, Louise, Miles Garrett. Goodness mm -hmm. gracious. All of a sudden, you have a team that's going to be running the football a lot. So I like both of those guys, as long as the price is correct. Like, I, I agree with Scott. Like, I'm not drafting Nick Chubb in the first five. But if I'm at the end of the first round and I want to go running back, running back, and I ended up with Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb as my two starting running backs, I'd feel pretty comfortable with that. I'm curious, uh, two things, if you guys have a 
favorite football team and does spending so much time just absorbing the league by players make it less attractive to root for a team or do you find yourself not rooting for the team as much i'm curious that's a difficult question i think that if your team sucks i think it makes it easier you know i'm a chicago bears fan and so there are some years where you're like i'm mostly concerned with my with my football team uh with my fantasy football team i should say but now with with uh with justin fields like oh my god my fantasy team comes second but in honesty, I still have, you know, because I have monitors up, I have multiple monitors, I have a phone, and depending on whether I'm in the office, last year, you know, we did everything from home. So I have a big TV that was always tuned to the Bears game that had the Game Pass Bears game. I had a computer monitor that was on the Game Pass Red Zone. I had another game on my computer, and I had another game on my phone. But I'm always paying attention to, excuse me. I'm always paying attention to what's going on with the Bears. So the Bears are the priority. And then it's always the the red zones there. And then two games, like I said, usually with, I'm either stacking somebody or I've got, you know, if I'm starting Joe Burrow, you know, a lot of people probably weren't, weren't watching a Bengals game, but like I had Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or whoever. Well, the, the Chargers would usually play late anyway, so it didn't matter. But, you know, yeah, I don't think it takes away from it. It's just something that's that's additional to it. It's like, oh, okay, it's like, you know, I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to see Rancid in concert. But I also like the Dropkick Murphys. I can still enjoy both, but I'm still there to see Rancid, which and sometimes my team has played Rancid. So the analogy checks. I was going to say those are great band call-outs. I love that. Um, uh, I'm going to agree with Adam on this again. Sorry, I'm just, you know, agreeing with him so much, except that I don't, uh, have a team anymore. You know, Doug knows this. I, I used to be a Washington football team fan. I used to be a season ticket holder uh, since I was five. I'm 42, so 37 years old. So when I was maybe 10 years ago or so, um, I was a season ticket holder. And then the, the Washington football team just did not uh, care about their fans very well. I don't need to document it. If you're not a fan, you maybe don't know all of it, but it just didn't, it was not a great fan experience and it still hasn't been for a long time. And so uh, about seven years ago, I just quit my Washington football team, as hard as that was, as frustrating as that was, uh, and I went full fantasy. Just I'm in love with every player, and so it is not diminished uh, for me. It's made it so that every game I'm rooting for greatness. I want everybody to score touchdowns that are that I have. I'm I want big scores. Uh, you know, I'll go into a game, maybe let's say Rams uh, and Seahawks, and not have a favorite. And then as the game develops and just what the players do, I go, oh, I want the Seahawks to win. And then if they win, great. If they don't. Who cares? I'm still going to cash because I had DK Metcalf in my DFS lineup. So maybe it's myopic and selfish, but pulling away from my fandom has, I think, helped me personally love everybody in the NFL. And I don't hate any uh, players or I don't like I'm not against, you know, like the Cowboys. I used to be against them. I'm not against them. I, I the Cowboys are great. I love CeeDee Lamb. He's amazing. And I want him on my team. So it's just a change of mindset for me. Um, but I did wish I, I wish I still was a Washington football team fan. Um, but that ship sailed. So you can go back at any time. You better do it before they get really good. Because then you're going to be in trouble. The organization has actually, to their credit, done is done and is doing a ton to reach back out to fans and kind of say, you know, sorry, we know we have to do. Please come back, and we're got new people in the building. But it, it, let, let's, this let's water bottles. Sorry, this one I had to sneak water bottles into the stadium to avoid paying. 
40 bucks for like just water to drink and to live during the games. I was like, this is killing me. That's that's garbage. I know going to angel games, I live in Southern California. So I, I know going to angel games, we can bring in water and you can bring in food. You know, I have small children, but we still, you know, pay up. But the, the audacity to not let somebody carry in a water bottle. Although the weirdest thing with angel stadium is that you can't bring in the aerosol spray like the aerosol uh, suntan lotion. It's just, I think that's probably every stadium, not just an angels thing, but it's great because I never bring lotion, especially to go to game day games. And when we get there, there's so many leftover bottles of people not knowing and then having to leave the air. And I'm like, come here and I'll bring my little daughter up and I'll spray her down and I'll spray myself down. And the security guards just laugh. But I do believe um, with the fan thing, like I, I don't know how I do it because last year I did have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. I picked Aaron Jones in a mock draft today. I just feel like at some point I have that ability to divorce myself from the, like, I want this person to lose, but I also can be a realistic enough of a human being to understand like this guy is, is actually good at football. So it would be dumb not to take advantage of it. So I don't know. It's kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like, being friends with the kid in your neighborhood who sucks, but he's got a, he's got a pool. So you're like, ah, I got to kind of be nice to him so I can get invited over. Cause I don't want to be left out. But, uh, you know, when his parents go on vacation, we're going to drain it and skate in it. But you know, <laughs> we're, you still are, I'm a terror. I'm awful. I make myself sound terrible. Like, listen to me. Like, what have you learned about me today? Like I'm an awful person, like cutting out friends. I'm, uh, being friends with people. Cause I have a pool. Like, this is not a good look for me. I might need to bounce. No. The, the pool, the pool guy made it into the final eight, huh? Yeah, they made it. They made it to the alliance. Like, oh, we got to keep, we got to keep Aaron around because uh, he's got the pool. Well, let's wrap with this. It is a Washington football team podcast. Let's talk about some of them on there. It's interesting. I didn't realize this for for all the excitement about Logan Thomas. I think four touchdowns last year. Um, I think the fantasy football community is high on him. I'm curious what you guys think about where he's headed this year. I'm sorry. Who was the name? Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, man. I like him. Like I really do. I've always kind of liked him. And I know it's cool that he's back in the DC area. Is that fair to say? You went to Virginia tech, right? So I think, um, I've always kind of rooted for him. I know when he was in Arizona, He's a tight, he's a tight end in Arizona with Bruce Arians, which means he's never going to catch the ball. And I mean, like, honestly, like it was a miracle that they were throwing to Gronk and Cameron Braid and everything last year. But I really, I do believe that there's some ability there. And I do, I, again, when you're looking at the tight end position and I've kind of looked at it this way, and this was kind of a trend that I was on a few years ago where I was drafting Travis Kelsey in the first round because the drop off from Kelsey to the next guy is enormous. And even last year, as great as Darren Waller was, and he ended up as the the tight end too, through weeks 11 and 14, he had some volatile games that were not great before he finally leveled off and played very well. I just really feel that if you, and now everybody's in on the gag, like everybody's in on it now. So everybody's targeting Kelsey and Kittle and Waller. So I've kind of had to go the other way to where I'm just, I'm probably not going to get Travis Kelsey unless he falls to me in the second round. And then you got to kind of, then I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with the position. Like they will be, I, I took Young Way Koo 
before I took Johnu Smith today. So it's just one of those things. And I will take a chance, you know, and, and keep an eye. And depending on how big your roster is, looking at guys like Logan Thomas, like who can pop for me? Who can come out of nowhere? I know last year everybody was in on Blake Jarwin. That blew up. And it was Bob Tunyon who ended up emerging. So I, there's going to be somebody like that this season. And I know it's so easy to look at Ron Rivera and that offense and be like, well, you know, Greg Olson did well. You're like, yeah, but Greg Olson, kind of a superstar. You know, by the way, one of the worst trades in NFL history. By God, that was the dumbest thing. I know that they got, I don't know, they got, they did well. When him, like him and Cutler would have been so great together. But in any event, Logan Thomas, I like him. And I think, again, when I'm doing best ball, when I'm doing some other things, he's definitely one of my targets. Yeah, I, I'm with Adam too. He he uh, finished as a tight end three in PPR last year behind only Kelsey and Waller. And uh, he only had, I think it was six touchdowns. So f- close with four, only six, um, only had 670 yards. So, uh, you know, if he can get maybe up to 800, maybe 850 yards with a pass, uh, maybe a more pass happy quarterback or more consistent quarterback, let's put it that way. Uh, somebody who likes to get the ball, move the ball downfield. Uh, Alex Smith was not, a great quarterback in the last couple of years, even before he got injured um, and, you know, did the remarkable comeback, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield. He just, he wasn't, he was throwing like, you know, 25 passes, you know, 17 of 25 for like 130 yards or some, some crazy number that you're like, this isn't really what a quarterback should be effectively producing at the level that we're in the NFL now. So I think with, with, you know, Fitzpatrick who thank you, Adam, that you say that I resemble, uh, I call myself fats, Patrick, just yeah. so people, get confused you know i'm a little chubbier than than ryan but uh i do think that logan's upside is again tight end five you know up there in that top range it's gonna be hard with kyle pitts and hawkinson and some of the other guys who might get more volume this year just in their offenses they they might have a bigger role but uh i I think his his touchdown upside is more like 10 this year uh than it is six and so we'll see maybe he can't get those 10 but i do like him and if you can get him in the eighth to tenth round of your drafts maybe ninth to tenth round you're not missing out. You're not reaching for a tight end. I think you're you're kind of in the right value range for Logan Thomas. And the other thing I'm always curious about is take a guy like Terry who had a really good year last year. is primed for another good year. But you add, you know, a Diami Brown and a Curtis Samuels, and all of a sudden there's more, you know, people to throw balls to. How does that end up affecting wide receiver one on some of these teams? Yeah, that's one of the players – I'm concerned about not in an ability standpoint, because obviously he's a great player and I think that he's got a lot of ability, but I think that there, when there's just so many options for this football team, the one guy that I really like is Antonio Gibson. And I think that he's going to grow his role this year. A lot of people, obviously not you, Doug, but a lot of people are sleeping on the fact that he was a, a receiver in college who came in and played running back. And so he's only going to get better and he's only going to learn more parts of this offense. And so to me, I always like to see who is, who is going to be the focal point of this offense. Sometimes it's the receiver. Sometimes it's the running back. If it's a high volume offense. Okay. That's really not going to matter. Washington as Scott was talking about is not necessarily the most prolific offense. And even with Fitz magic this year, even if Tyler Heineken's playing whomever it is, I don't know that they're going to be this high profile offense. So I really look at Washington as a team that I like, like as a football team, I think they're good, 
But for fantasy, the only guy I really like going after is Antonio Gibson, except for JD McKissick, like super late. But like Antonio Gibson's the one where I'm like, okay, now that his toe injury is seemingly behind him, I feel very comfortable with him. But I think every time that I see Terry McLaurin, I see him in the in the neighborhood with Allen Robinson or even Keenan Allen sometimes. And you're like, I like you. And if you were the the even if you were the number two in Green Bay or something crazy like that, like I would feel very comfortable with you. I just don't think that there's gonna be enough volume there. So I tend to pivot off Terry McLaurin. Yeah, and he's being drafted right now as the wide receiver 10, and he finished last year as the wide receiver 20. So yeah. that is a big jump. Not that it can't be done, um, but it's a big jump. You know, last year, uh, Doug, I don't know if you, if you read it, but I, I wrote an article called The Wide Receiver 2 Theory, and it looked at the, the, the gap between – wide receiver ones on team and wide receiver twos and where they finished was not indicative of how they were drafted. And, and to the, to the point where 30 to 40% of wide receiver ones that are drafted as wide receiver ones didn't return that yield on their own team. And so Terry McLaurin is somebody who I think he's going to have a good year. Um, but for him to be uh, number 10 at the top of his value, maybe not the very top, that's one of the top outcomes of his ceiling in that offense. And, um, you know, to your point, I'd much rather have Allen Robinson, who's getting 150 targets. Um, that's just ridiculous, you know. Uh, and then I think Allen Robinson is a better receiver than Terry McLaurin as well. Uh, he yeah. doesn't any, he hasn't dropped anything. The guy has yeah. never, like, uh, 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 anything in his whole life, you know. And so it's maybe a tip, maybe a huge tip. He drops huge tips. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I want Allen Robinson in the third round every single draft. And if I can get him in best ball or redraft or whatever it is, I'm going for Allen Robinson this year. Well, let's wrap with this, guys. Scott, why don't you tell the people at home where to find you and what you got coming up next? Oh, man, I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me. Uh, I've got three different podcasts that air weekly. Fancy Millionaires are on Monday tonight at 10 o'clock. So check out Twitter, check out YouTube, uh, Nimble W Numbers, Fancy Millionaires on, on both for YouTube and Twitter. Uh, and then um, – Tomorrow, I have a show with uh, the Fancy Football Hot Stove with my partner, uh, Jamie Calandro from Fan Team Advice. We have Lindsay OK coming on. Love Lindsay. Really excited to chop it up with her. And then on Friday, I'm going to be in California visiting Bo McBrayer, the, my podcast partner on Chalk Block. And we have uh, the man, the legend himself. Uh, you know, I'm very excited. Uh, Mr. Field Yates is coming on our show. Ooh, and, very uh, nice. It, it, it's going to be a good time. Please check me out there. And then I'm on Twitter all the time, uh, you know, and I'm in underdog best balls all the time too. So, uh, you know, and hopefully I can, uh, you know, Adam, by the way, I have to say something. I want to watch football with you because that's how I watch football with like six different screens with like eight different games on them. I've got like different picture in picture games. I'm watching every single one glued to it. So I can hang out and have some craft beers with you, my friend. Yeah, that'd be fun. I would love to do that. We, uh, you know, back, in 2019, we'd finally built this fantasy lounge and it was so much fun. We had the big screen in the middle, which was always, you know, the, it was always the, um, uh, red zone. And then we would always, you know, I always had the bears in upper left. And then I kind of ruled the room. I know there was like a, a Ravens fan and a chiefs. Well, there, Kimmy checks is a chiefs fan. So Chiefs are fine because like we all have fantasy shares there and Marcus is a 49ers fan and they're always a one o'clock game, one o'clock West coast, of course. And so we would always pick those other two games and it's just a lot of fun. And I still have a phone out and everything. So we should knock it back. The only problem is at work is you just don't have the beer situation that you can have out front. 
But, you know, whatever. We make it work somehow. And Adam, did I see you're on TikTok now? How's, how's that going for you? Oh, bro. Like, I'm trying to edit this TikTok mock draft right now, and it's driving me crazy. And the 20-year-old who goes to Loyola Marymount is trying to help me over, like, a, a Zoom call ourselves. Like, how do I do it? Like, this is it. Like, I got my phone out. I've got uh, extra phones. Um, so, yeah. So, TikTok's been a blast. I've already liked it. And so, I've already noticed, and probably because the, the the tanners haven't shown up yet, but, like, there's less haters on TikTok so far. I mean, there's still the, – I mean, it's still a, a bunch of adolescents. So, they're going to be somewhat mean. But not like Twitter and Instagram. It seems more positive. Mm. So, hopefully – if the positivity keeps – although I'm about to – I want to drop one too, because I know that there was some like baseball podcast who was talking about like Shohei Otani needs to leave the angels. You're like, bro, they're just about to be good. And you want to get rid of them. Like I know they're struggling, but it's the salt Lake bees that are struggling right now. All the stars are injured except for Shohei and David Fletcher. So back off. But in any event, uh, catch me on TikTok at Adam rank. That's the only thing I'm going to plug. Like what YouTube or I, I don't care. Find me on TikTok because I want you to embrace TikTok with me. I'm way too old for that app, but you know what? I'm embracing the hell out of it. Now I went over there and checked out some of those videos. They're great. Thank you. Well, fellas, I appreciate you coming on today. This was a whole lot of fun, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Oh, yeah, please do. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, Doug. Really appreciate it. Adam, great to meet you too, sir. Great meeting you. Yeah, for sure. All right, fellas.